Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thank you so much for being with us today. We'll be joined by Ryan Clark in just a moment. You know him from ESPN. He also won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we we jump in with him, I just wanted to share two big pieces of news with you. And maybe you've already seen this, but but wanted to make sure that that you as a podcast listener uh, were aware of what's going on here at Unpacking It Ministries. And the first thing is we launched a book. It's called Fantasy Football Fellowship. Uh, It's the playbook. and, And really, we have a whole ministry centered around fantasy football and so you can go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com you can order the book you can watch the videos once you order the book and basically it takes you from the preseason all the way through the the fantasy football season so there's 20 total weeks of content and it's designed for for you to get together with your league if you're a fantasy football owner uh, or if you maybe want to get together with your small group at church and and all of you guys play in different leagues but you want to get together anyway it works uh, as well so either way check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com i think you'll love it we're so excited about it and then the second thing is our weekly radio show is now going to be heard on sports byline usa every week at 9 a.m eastern and so you'll you'll notice uh in the podcast feed that we'll include the the radio show podcast in the feed but we also have a separate feed as well uh specifically for unpacking it with bryce johnson and so the radio show includes segments uh i'm convinced usually looking at the weekend sports and just kind of giving some some sports opinions and, and what i'm convinced of it also includes unpack this and and some other uh just great content so uh as well as the interview so uh definitely check that out we're really excited about it just allows the the radio show and and hopefully this podcast to grow as well and so we'll continue to give you the interview each week uh in podcast form and in kind of a similar format that we've had uh over the last year or so so uh thanks for listening thanks so much for being with us let's jump in it's ryan clark i'm bryce johnson here we go Our guest today was an NFL safety from 2002 to 2014 after being undrafted out of LSU. He spent time with the Giants and Redskins, but played most of his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he won a Super Bowl. He retired in 2015, and you can now see him on ESPN as an NFL analyst. He's a husband, father, and follower of Jesus. I'm excited to welcome on Ryan Clark. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing well. Excited uh, that the football season has started and we can start seeing some some real games and and enjoying it. Uh, you know, everybody gets to go to church, have a little brunch, man, and sit down all day and, and enjoy a game they love. It's the best. I, I love this time of year. And and so we we finished up week one. And so which team surprised you by by the fact that they played better than you thought, and then which team was most disappointing in week one? Uh, I think the team that played really well was the Cleveland Browns. And I guess it's tough to say a team played extremely well and they only tied. <laughs> but when you were 0-16 the year before, that's a good thing. And Denzel Ward, you know, a guy who was much maligned, as their first pick when Bradley Chubb was on the board, everybody 
you know, thought that overall Bradley Chubb was the best defensive prospect. You pick Denzel Ward, and in his first week facing Antonio Brown, he has two interceptions. And this team fights back from 21 to 7 down. And when you're a Cleveland Brown fan or part of the organization, you're like, oh, here we go again. The Steelers just win. And they come back and they tie that game and have an opportunity to win late. And the part that's surprising is, one, you play the Pittsburgh Steelers that closely, but you know that this team is going to have what it takes to win a game this year, and that's awesome. And then you look at the other side of it, it has to be the Detroit Lions for me. Not that I thought that they would be a team that to win a Super Bowl, but when you have a Matt Patricia as a head coach now, a guy who's a Bill Belichick disciple, you would hope that your team would have the type of discipline you see in New England, be sound in special teams and offense and defense. And we saw this team get beat in every single phase of the game in their home opener in prime time. Mm. You can't do those things. And so that was really disappointing for me to see that, especially with a guy like Matthew Stafford, who was a seasoned veteran throwing four interceptions. Yeah, so I want to get your thoughts on, on Matt Patricia because I think it's very interesting because it's only week one. But, but how concerned are you with the potential that, that he can lose the, the Detroit locker room? And then I'll also include the Raiders and, and the potential that John Gruden could lose that locker room. And I'm just curious because did you ever experience any similar situations while, while you were playing where it was just kind of on the brink of, uh-oh, could, could this go south really quick? Uh, I think if you've been in situations where you're not winning, Obviously, you know, you have those situations. When you look at John Gruden's situation in Oakland, it doesn't really concern you. It doesn't concern you because it doesn't concern him. John Gruden (laughs) has a 10-year, $100 million deal. Gotcha. Right? John Gruden is not making decisions for today. So John Gruden understands that he has the ability to make a ton of money and be there for a very long time. So he's playing the long game, which is difficult for guys who – understand that football for them is so right now football is so immediate but when you get rid of a Khalil Mack you're looking at it from a business standpoint not a we need to win today standpoint and so I don't think John Gruden Gruden is really faced with that I think when you get a hundred million dollars you start to feel like you're bigger than the players because the organization has told you that you're bigger than the players Mm. and I think that's the way we see John Gruden behaving right now um, we look at Matt Patricia. I don't think he's in danger now or soon of losing the team, depending on how he's addressing them, depending on how he's approaching them. He can't approach them as if he's Bill Belichick right now because Bill Belichick didn't behave the way he behaves now when he first took over the team. You know, there were certain disciplines, certain principles, certain things that he needed in place for the team to be successful. But, he didn't have the cachet yet to demand or to receive the certain, the certain level of respect that he receives when he asks for unorthodox things from pro players. And so I think Matt Patricia has to understand that he has to earn that through winning, mm-hmm. earn that through showing that he's a guy that's going to put in the work, be in the trenches with the players, and make sure that they're given every opportunity possible to be successful. Ryan Clark, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and, and when you mentioned with, with Gruden, he, he is the, the face of the franchise. They're committed to him, big money, all that sort of thing. 
Do you feel like the the players are are in on that though? And I know it's only one week, but but just putting yourself in that in that locker room, how would you kind of handle that that scenario? You know, to me, coaches were coaches. To be honest with you, I didn't really care. You know, um, your your their job is to win football games, as is yours. Uh, to me, the relationship to the organization was neither here nor there. When the Oakland Raiders decide to give a coach $100 million, you're exactly correct. You make him the, the face of the franchise. Obviously, John Gruden, and very different from most coaches, is a superstar in his own right. John Gruden is a draw in his own right, whereas most coaches are just that. They're just coaches of teams that have superstar players. And so I don't necessarily believe the players care what his contract is, how the organization sees them, um, more than they care about how you treat the players. You know, to me, it would be an issue that you didn't reach out to Khalil Mack mm. because there are a lot of people who are extremely rich, people who are very successful, very famous, but who show the sense of humility that says, you know what, even though other people's perception of me is this, even though the accolades have been heaped on me, the money has been given to me, I'm still here with you. I'm still your coach. I still want this relationship. So when you don't even reach out to the best player on the team, a team captain, when you don't even reach out to say, hey, man, you know what? We want you here. We want to get something done. Whether you can or not, now it shows me that not only do, did the organization make you the franchise, the face, the face of the franchise, you really feel like you are. Mm. You really feel like you can win games more than players can. And I think that will cause more dissension and division than just the actual mere fact that he has this monster contract or that he is the face of the franchise. It's intriguing, that's for sure. Ryan Clark, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a former NFL safety, won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now is an analyst on ESPN. And and I got one more question about coaches, which which is interesting to hear. You, you kind of take them or leave them type of thing, but you had some kind of strong opinions about Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien this week on, on ESPN on, on Get Up. And, and I'd love for you to just kind of share your opinion on, on how you feel like Watson should handle kind of the, the coaching from Bill O'Brien, his head coach. Well, you know, after saying it, I now realize people don't understand sarcasm. Okay, okay. Um, so the first thing is, right, that part is a joke. Like, that's funny to me. Um, when I tell, when I say, hey, whatever he says, do the opposite, <laughs> right? That's what makes people say, you know what, I'm going to listen, right? And that's why, you know, you know about it. That's why I've gotten DMs about it. Well, what do you know? What have you heard? You know, these different things. Because that part was a joke, hmm. right? I would never truly mean that if a coach tells you to run, you know, run an RPO, and your read is to, you know, read the off the the nickel corner and he covers your guy to pull it and throw it to him. I wouldn't tell him that. What I was saying was, though, and if you continue to listen throughout, is that Deshaun Watson is a naturally gifted player. He's a very instinctive player. He's a player who has had the ability to lead men not only through his actions and the way he treats them, but by his play. And if you watched the game on Sunday, Deshaun Watson was a guy who 
when having opportunities to run the ball, wouldn't pull the ball down and get out of the pocket until late in the game when they were, you know, when they were down by multiple points and down by double digits and he was allowed to play free. The freedom we saw him play with late in the game was the freedom we always saw him play with before. True. He wasn't a guy who, when he had a man open, when, when his tight end was open on the crosser because a middle linebacker bit up on a fake, he wasn't a guy who tried to aim that ball. He wasn't a guy who missed, who, who missed a seam route in the high red zone. He's just not been that player. Now, he's been a player that we've seen turn the ball over, so I wasn't as necessarily concerned by that, but I was more concerned by watching Deshaun Watson second-guess his instincts. Mm. And it's strange to me that a 21-, 22-year-old rookie without a complete offseason under his belt, without the total knowledge of a playbook, would play freer, would play better, would make better decisions than the second-year guy who's got the playbook down, who's had OTAs, who's had mini camps, who's had off-season workouts, the three different phases you have, to now second-guess himself when you know more. It's almost like you saw paralysis by analysis. Hmm. And so basically all I was saying was, be you. <laughs> be free. Be the dude that Dabo Sweeney said was Michael Jordan. That's right. You know, Michael Jordan, no matter what Phil Jackson told Michael Jordan, if he crosses a guy over and he has space, the fadeaway is coming. Why? Because that's what he does. That's who he is. Mm. And that was more so what I was trying to tell Deshaun. Uh, the part about don't listen to Bill O'Brien and do whatever you and do the total opposite, that was TV, right? <laughs> like, that was entertainment. And... You know, and a guy, you know, it had a guy from Houston, you know, message me and was like, hey, man, what do you know? Sounds like you have inside information. <laughs> you know, when somebody says a statement like that about the coach, you know, I said, no. I said, that part is entertainment, right? That's why I have a job. That's right. Right. There are a lot of people who can talk X's and O's and, and talk about what's going on. And some of them will bore you to death. And yep. so finding a way to say things in interesting ways and entertaining ways is what I do. And what I can say to Deshaun Watson's credit is he and I have spoken now. Mm. And I think, you know, to me, that's what's more powerful is you get an opportunity for a former player. I get an opportunity to just impart whatever advice or wisdom I have on a guy who truly, truly wants to learn. And I thought it said a lot about him that he was also willing to have that communication. That, that's cool. I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. Loved him at Clemson, and, and what he did last year, I think he'll, he'll be able to get back to doing again. So I'm with you. Play free and, and let him uh, just get out there and, and be Deshaun Watson because it's good enough to, to be out there and, and to compete at a high level and to win a lot of games. And Absolutely. I think he can do it for sure. We're talking with Ryan Clark, Absolutely. ESPN NFL analyst, former Pittsburgh Steeler Super Bowl winner, and we love talking football we love the the personality that that ryan clark is on tv and and with us here on the show and, and we're glad to have him back on unpacking it and and ryan we also know that you're passionate about your faith and, and so it's been over two years since we've talked and and so i'm curious in, in what ways has your faith grown and and what has god been been teaching you well i would say this the the two years since i think my faith has been tested Ooh. And and what I mean by that is, like, look at the world we now live in. Yeah. Uh, 
look at look at what's changed in two years. Uh, both, I mean, you can. It, it, it's affected football, right? It's affected the field, and this has nothing to do with. This part doesn't have to do with faith, but this is how your faith is tested. When you have been taught biblically, when you have been taught through fellowship that we're all the same, right? That God, that we're all beautifully and wonderfully made, that we're all made in Christ's image, yet your image or the way that you were made or part of the way God made you is starting to be made to feel like it's not enough. Hmm. Right. To feel like it's, you know, you're now being made to feel like you're less than you're inferior. And so it, it starts to it starts to eat at you in a way where many of those teachings, many of the things you learn are tested because it's supposed to be love. God is love. Yet the world is being manipulated by evil. Mm. And so it has been tough to you know, to be in Baton Rouge and, you know, go, I go to a wonderful church, a church that has uh, really helped me grow in my faith. I go to a church that is, you know, predominantly when you talk about the, uh, you know, the pastor and the board of pastors, it's a predominantly, you know, white church. And so you have these things going on that are so racial and so tense. And then you watch them be handled or you watch things, certain things be said and you get out of the fact that I'm here to grow spiritually and you start to get into the fact that even in that I'm an African-American man, Hmm. you know, so I had sometimes that going to church, you know, I was one of my church members was one of the policemen that were shot here, Hmm. you know, and to watch the way that was handled and the way that was approached and the, the outpouring of love for that, as opposed to a guy like Alton Sterling, it was difficult for me, you know, and I will say, you know, since then, it's been a very conscious effort for me to try to spread God's word, to try to spread his love through the way I treat people. And then when you can get into some of these conversations about the other stuff that's going on outside of the church, have opportunities to tell them how God would have us, handle these situations wow no i appreciate you sharing that ryan clark our guest right now on unpacking it and and so as you think about your your faith being tested what did it reveal uh how did you uh, maybe how was god revealed to you in in a fresh way as you kind of went through some of this as you explored some of this yeah i will be honest like the first thing was as, as as a married man and you know we've always heard about the flesh you know, and I think this was another aspect of the flesh, right? Of of, of being human, the the, the anger and, and, and being upset and not wanting to fellowship or not wanting. And so what he revealed to me, though, was that the one place Christians can all come together is in knowing that Jesus Christ gave his life for us, Amen. right? Jesus Christ gave his life for us to be free. And whenever you get to get in these conversations or you feel a certain way, you always have to go back to that. And so what it taught me was that in times where I'm questioning, in times where I'm sad or I'm disappointed in 
what the world is now and, and the ways we have to deal, it all goes back to Jesus Christ being love, to Jesus Christ giving his life for us and you know, what we're supposed to do with that. The way we're supposed to spread that word, the way that the good news gets around and the way that the gospel is spread is through fellowship. And it's allowed me to have opportunities, whether it be where we're, we're fellowshipping about Christ in the beginning or the end, to, for every conversation points back to that in some way, into how he created us, into how we should praise him, into how we should worship him. And it's really made me get back to giving more time to God. You know, because if you let the other feelings infiltrate, you know, if you keep your TV on CNN all day, you can start to forget what we're here for, mm. what mm. our reason is, why we've been saved. And so that's what this made me do is really crack open my word and have that on my heart instead of the other things that can infiltrate your heart when you let the world and let your flesh lead you. Amen. Ryan Clark with a, a good word here on Unpacking It. And, and, and final question, just to, to continue along that, that thought process, how, how has some of this, this growth and understanding and struggle uh, affected just kind of your role as a dad, and, and what kind of message have you wanted to have uh, your kids receive from you, or what type of example have you wanted to be yeah, that's for, been, for them? You know what? That's been huge. I think it's helped it a ton. Yeah. You know, because I believe even in our faith, and maybe I'm different from other people, even in our faith, I believe we get content and mm. we get complacent and faith becomes, you know what? Every Sunday, church, I'm going to be at the 1115 service. We're going to praise and worship. We're going to take notes on the sermon and then we're going to go to brunch. Mm. And it becomes a routine, right? Instead of becoming something that you pour your heart into every week, and want to grow from. And for me, it had become routine. It was like, hey, guys, you know, I wake my kids up. We get them dressed or they get dressed. I get dressed and we go to church. We have brunch afterwards. And then nothing else was talked about. You know, I wasn't pouring into them during the week. You know, I have a daughter that's in college. And I think back to how many times, you know, early on, early on in college, I ever just text her and said, hey, give me your word. You know, we're praying. You covered as to now every day. I don't miss a day. Mm. You know, I, w- I was thinking, okay, I'm going to let her experience college and go off and just do and, and be mature on based off of what I taught her, but that's not what I'm supposed to do. And so it had their walk because I remember, you know, not having my mom who, who goes to church eight days a week, not having her to force me to go, or not having her to force me to read and how it can slip. So I don't force them, and I'm not saying you got to do this, you got to do this, here's your schedule, but you know how it is. If somebody asks you, hey, have you been reading? Have you been praying? You feel like conviction, like, I really haven't, mm. you know, or I haven't spent that time with God. So it's really made me uh, be much more attentive to them and their walk as well. That's really cool. Oh, I love hearing that. And, and man, really appreciate just all, all that you're willing to, to share with us and just really encouraging and honest and transparent. And so, man, awesome to hear. Great, great football insight as always. Uh, but more importantly, some, some great wisdom to, uh, to take away from a, from a faith perspective as well. So, so, Ryan, enjoy the NFL season. Keep up the great work on ESPN. We'll be watching you and uh, look forward to catching up again right here on Unpacking It. Thanks, man. Have a good day. 
Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate him being on the show today, and I really am thankful for his honesty and transparency and and just allowing us to get to know him, what he's been going through the last couple of years, what he's been thinking about, what he's experienced, his perspective on on some you know societal issues, and and it's very personal and real to him. And so I'm just grateful that that he was able to use this platform uh, to talk about some of those things. And I just appreciate his focus on Jesus and and allowing uh, him to be at the center of difficult conversations and, and disagreements that we that we may have with people and we kind of let you know surface issues tear us apart uh but but we can get back to the the unity as we seek jesus and so uh, a great perspective uh from ryan on that and and then the, the thing that he mentioned at the end there that, that i think a lot of us can relate to as well is the concept of complacency going through the motions getting caught up in in a routine without the the heart and spirit behind the routine and this can happen in our faith our marriage with our kids work you name it we can just go through the motions and then before we know it we're just kind of eh, eh, you know just kind of meh and and we're just not even thinking about why we're doing what we're doing the the heart behind it the love behind it and and especially with our faith if we're just complacent and not really growing or not really hungry and and wanting to learn more and and wanting to explore questions that we may have about our faith or if we just kind of settled for uh, a weak faith without really diving in and and going deeper and and strengthening our our faith in God then we can just get complacent and and where does that really get us? And so we have to kind of push pause and say, uh-uh, I got to ramp it back up again. So hope that's challenging and encouraging. Thanks so much for listening today to the Unpacking It podcast where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Go check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com, order the playbook, and let me know what you think. Uh, always enjoy hearing from you. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.